Hi folks, welcome to the Health Lab. I am your host, Joel Blant. Episode 14 features Ben Numer. Ben is an advisor for the Breakfast Club of Canada, and we are not talking Emilio Estevez and Molly Ringwald. The Breakfast Club of Canada actually has a huge role in providing healthy, nutritious breakfasts to underprivileged and impoverished children throughout the country who do not have access to a healthy meal that really people need to start their day and people need to really engage in healthy behaviors. Um, such a core tenet of, of health and wellness in general, of course, is nutrition. So really looking forward to touching base with Ben about what his role is, uh, who the communities are that he serves, who the people are that he serves, what he serves, what he gets out of it, and how really anyone out there can can come to help and, and come together to help out these children in need. So let's get right down to business with Ben Numer. Ben Numer, thanks so much for joining me today in the Health Lab. And thank you so much for having me, Joel. Man, I'm, I'm so excited to have this conversation. Well, for the listeners out there, for those of you who don't know, and I'm going to presume that's everyone because nobody really knows the intricacies of my personal life. Uh, but Ben and I actually play on the same softball team together. So we've known each other for about five years now. Um, we work very closely together playing softball. It might be slow pitch, but we take it quite seriously. Um, that's a conversation for another episode. Today, we're here to talk about the Breakfast Club. Uh, ben, let's get right into it. Um, can you just talk about what the Breakfast Club of Canada is, um, you know, how it came to be and, and who it serves? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so again, thank you so much for having me today. It's an honor to be with you, to be with your listeners. So for those of you that don't know, Breakfast Club of Canada uh, is a national organization. We're dedicated to um, alleviating child poverty from coast to coast to coast. Today, uh, this morning for Canada, we are feeding 250,000 children a healthy meal before school. And I'd like to say that one more time, we are feeding a quarter of a million children every single school morning, ages five to high school. Uh, these kids are in need of a healthy breakfast. Unfortunately, in Canada, uh, there is this monster under these child's beds of child hunger, and there's no place that in Canada. Man, that's incredible. And those numbers are, they're astonishing, actually, 250,000. It's, it's astonishing to even hear and think that in our own backyard, there are 250,000 children who need this service and who would benefit from this service. And so I guess my next question is, is, is who are you serving? Is it specific regions? Is it specific populations? Yeah, no, really good question, Joel. So we are serving, uh, serving rural communities, urban communities, remote communities, flying communities, indigenous communities. We're feeding all walks of life. And I always talk about how these children are, you know, 110 percent not responsible for being brought into this world and as a community as a collective uh, there is that cliche Joel like it, it takes a village to raise a child and it does take a village to raise these children all across our country this is our home this is our livelihood this is the next generation of these children that one day will be in the workforce that will be helping the economy and I just really hope that today throughout this show we can talk about how people can help get involved and really understand the root of the issue and hey there is good news there is a solution to helping these children every single morning 
Man, that's awesome. I can, uh, I can feel your enthusiasm. It's palpable and it's pretty contagious. So I'm really digging it. Um, coming back to the origins, how did it, how did it start? Um, um, where did it start? Who was being served initially? And I mean, it's come a long way from there, but let's talk about really when, it's, when it got initiated. Yeah, so in 1994, we started our first program just outside Montreal, Quebec, in a town called Longueuil. Now, we served 35 children in the morning, and then we grew, we grew, we grew. Um, we, we noticed um, as a society that there was child hunger, not just in Quebec, but outside of Quebec. We're in every province, we're in every territory right now today. Um, and we've expanded into some of the most amazing communities, some of the communities I've never even really heard of. Um, part of my job um, is to fly into some of these communities um, and meet with individuals who want to help, whether it's the resource company, whether it's the tech company, whether it's an affluent individual. I'm out there uh, with the team raising sufficient funds, injecting back into these communities um, to feed these kids. These kids are hungry, and that's just the, the, the truth. So if you're li listening, um, understand that these, these children need the support. They need you as an adult, as the community member, to help rise these kids um, off the ground and let them reach their full potential. That's incredible, man. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, you're actually flying to these communities you're actually on the front lines ground zero of what's happening here um can you give some examples of some of the places that you've been and maybe even some of the things that you've seen yeah no absolutely so i've seen poverty firsthand i have seen children arrive at school in many communities in canada looking for a healthy meal six-year-olds that need the sufficient um, nutrition they need, incessants they need to achieve um, to achieve their goals in the morning. 65% of academics are taught before noon. Um, so I've gone into communities um, that are gorgeous, that everyone needs to see, you know, flying uh, two and a half hours north, flying into um, Prince Rupert, Kitimat, Terrace, Hartley Bay, going to these communities and seeing the smiles on these children's faces and watching uh, earlier uh, this year before uh, COVID-19, um, I watched a six-year-old girl bite into a strawberry for the very first time. She's never had a strawberry and I made an effort to watch her take a bite. And the way she looked at that strawberry after she bit into it, she couldn't believe it. So of course she comes back for seconds. They're coming back for thirds. They've never tried some of these fruits and vegetables. So in terms of healthy eating habits, we're introducing them to new foods. We're introducing them to what is healthy and what is not healthy. And it's good to teach them these healthy, healthy habits in, um, at this age. Certainly, and that's so cool that you get to experience that again, right at the ground level, right at the person to person level of seeing right off the bat, the reaction and the benefits of having access, having, having these children access these programs that you are providing. Man, that is so cool. So, I mean, let's, let's get into that. I mean, you mentioned fruits. You know, what is typically being provided by Breakfast Club of Canada? Yeah, so we work closely um, with uh, nutritionist groups that um, encourage us and help us with menus. We're serving three out of the four major food groups every morning across Canada. We're serving breakfast five days a week. 
every school morning. There's approximately 165 school days a year. Um, and we're, we're encouraging them to serve breakfast every morning. Um, I, I, we did make an adjustment on March 13th when uh, the, the schools paused, when the, really when the world as a whole paused, we made an adjustment because kids were out of school. So we started feeding communities themselves. We set up um, areas all across Canada and we fed during that time before kids were back to school in September, 626,000 children across Canada were benefiting from Breakfast Clubs of Canada. Um, and we're working with these corporations and we're, we're starting to work with the government. There are um, the G7 countries and Canada is the only G7 country in the world without a formalized meal program at school. And that needs to change. That needs to change by being on these shows with you, Joel. It needs to change by talking to individuals that again, believe there's no place for child hunger at school. Man, that's amazing to, to hear about. I mean, again, Canada is such a G7 nation, such a rich country, yet people are still slipping through the cracks with respect to basic nutrition. And I think, I think you really, really hit it right there. I think not that you hit the softball so great, but I really think that <laughs> you, really, you really hit the nail on the head there because um, people really need to understand and need to understand that, yeah, Canada is a country of prosperity, diversity, opportunity. And maybe because we, we are looked upon it that, that people don't see, again, this monster under the children and the youth bed of child hunger yeah and i mean I'll, I'll i'll speak to a couple things there so i believe i did beat you this year in the home run race so <laughs> i do hit the softball okay every now and then um to the other thing though yeah like that's it's i mean what has to happen is is it awareness is it fundraising is it is yeah. it people reaching out on a person-to-person -person level yeah no um really good question it is it is, uh, first of all, identifying that there is an issue of child hunger. It's people not looking down, not looking up um, and saying, hey, I want to be a part of this solution. And really, and also understanding the difference between what philanthropy is and what charity is. You know, charity focuses on the elimination of suffering caused by these social problems, whereas philanthropy focused on eliminating the issue on its grassroots. Um, so for your viewers, I mean, philanthropy is, is, is what is philanthropy? Well, um, it is defined uh, by the word uh, phila, which means love. Phyllis means love and entropy means humankind. So what is the definition, definition of philanthropy? It's the love of humankind, plain and simple. And it's not, it's not difficult. Having compassion, living your life with kindness is all philanthropy. Volunteering, taking a can of, of uh, minestrone soup, canned soup down to the food bank. Those are all actions of philanthropy. And if we can lead our lives by philanthropy and adopt a sense of giving back, adopt a sense of compassion, this world, I'll tell you, it'll, it'll be better off. And that's incredible. And thanks for that definition and that distinguishment between the two terms, because I wasn't actually aware of that. So I appreciate that. What I mean, OK, you're you're on the ground level. You're doing things. You're reaching out. You're visiting these community members, these children in person. Um, what's your role? What's your title within the organization? And how did you I mean, what? how did you get into it? Yeah, that's uh <laughs> 
we'll be here for an hour when I tell you and I tell you all that. But, Give me but, the Coles notes. Yeah, no, in, in short, um, I worked in the corporate world for many years. I worked in sport for many years, helped launch Major League Soccer here in Vancouver. Um, but I always thought that um, philanthropy was the one sector where you can really find your passion. And I wanted to live every day living my passion. I wanted to benefit youth. I wanted to benefit children. I wanted to better the community. People say we're like nonprofits, um, that, that Breakfast Club is nonprofit. Sure, it's a nonprofit, but at, at, at the root, we're a social profit. We are benefiting society each and every day in terms of the meals that we feed. Like I said before, Friday, um, December 4th, we're, we fed over 250,000 children today. And just to know as a community that we're feeding these kids um, is something really special. I can only imagine, I mean, you know, you're working in a, in a helping profession or sorry, a helping role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work in a helping profession, a helping role as well. And I mean, the fulfillment and the satisfaction that I get from, you know, sparking joy in someone, helping someone to achieve their goals, some, helping someone to overcome limitations and barriers to healthy living. I mean, that's, that's unmatched. You know, it makes me feel really, really good and accomplished and satisfied with my work and what I'm engaging in and what my own personal goals are. What does it do for you? How does it feel, Ben, to be able to help people in this way? Yeah, uh, you know, that's such a, we're clearly getting deep here, Hedril. <laughs> um, I am, um, you know, I just think that it may sound cliche, but I think that passion is the driving force of your life. You know, passion is what gets you out of bed in the morning. Passion is, is, is um, so important to have in all of your relations in your life, especially in work. Um, especially in all your relationships, friends, family, like having that passion. And when you can apply that to your work and apply that to things that you love, it's really helped in terms of understanding my place, not just in my career, but within Breakfast Club of Canada. So my role, I, I did fail to mention on your previous question. So I'm, a, I'm what they call a frontline fun, front fundraiser. I'm out there raising money through corporations, through uh, individuals, through foundations, Uh, meeting with these people. And really what I do is I don't ask for money. I give people an opportunity to give back and to believe in philanthropy. Wow. Very, very cool, man. That's awesome. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of my own kind of just on this, you know, personal deep level that we've gotten (laughs) into here. I've been doing a lot of my own personal work just on, on, you know, being grateful, being appreciative of, of the things that I have in life, expressing gratitude essentially. And just from hearing, you know, the statistics of these underprivileged individuals who need our assistance in order to engage in healthy behaviors, that makes me so appreciative and grateful of the little things that I have in my life that quite often I take for granted. I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, no, I feel the same. And I, I was fortunate, fortunate to grow up in a, a co-parenting household. Um, mom and dad were so good to me. I always had breakfast in the morning. And, you know, these, these children, um, they don't have that. And it, it, it inspires me to see what these children go through every single morning, because they don't have all the resources to succeed. You mentioned numbers. So let's start quantifying some numbers here. One in three Canadian children every single morning are going with 
without a healthy meal before school. One in three children. Right now, two million children are facing food insecurities every single day. What like that's that's what is going on there? Like, I, I I I mean I know for me personally, like I'm again yeah. gratitude, very grateful the fact to, for the fact that I don't face those challenges. Like I have come from a place of privilege, quite like yourself, like quite a reasonable upbringing, um, you know, reasonable income to be able to afford to eat. And I know you know I'm not going to I'm not going to feign knowing what it feels like to not have food. I'm not going to say that I've experienced that. But I've had times when I've been hungry and it doesn't feel good and it does not foster healthy behaviors or, you know, the ability to learn. Yeah. What, why are these people, what, what's going on? Is this just poverty in general or is it negligence yeah. to a degree or why are people slipping through the cracks like this? Yeah, no, um, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about poverty in general. I mean, poverty exists everywhere. They're, go they're going to be, uh, children and families hungry. You know, the 26 million Americans right now are also going without every single day. It's a huge issue across our globe. Um, Canada is a vast, uh, a vast, vast country. There are people spread out all over Canada. So sure, it's hard to reach everybody. Um, we have, we work with some amazing, beautiful indigenous communities where it takes them possibly an hour or two to get to a grocery store. And that jug of milk is four times the price. Food procurement is difficult. So, you know, if, if Cisco's listening right now, if, if, there are, um, if there's opportunity to take some food into these environments, please give me a call. I'm always want to talk to people that want to be part of the solution. And guess what? There is a solution. I want to work myself out of a job. I want, <laughs> I want a federal program, Canada-wide, feeding kids every morning. And then I'll come back on your show and I'll talk to you about the success that we had. Is that the is that the goal of the organization to initiate some sort of a federal program like that? We want to work in collaboration with with many different um, organizations, community run organizations, uh, government officials, anyone who believes that children um, should have access to food all across our country. Uh, we want food to be um, available uh, at arm's reach from all of these children. Uh, we have many programs that apply, that we have many schools that apply for our program where the teachers are, are keeping apples and granola bars in their desk. We need to formalize that. We need to have these children in a grade two and a grade five sit next to each other in the morning before school, become peers. Because of that, we've seen a reduction in bullying. Because of that, we've seen less visits to the principal's office, less visits to the nurse's office just because of a healthy meal. It's amazing. I mean, we've all been hangry before, right? Indeed. And that's, man, those are, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you should ask my wife about that one. Um, yeah. That, that's incredible. Those, those facts, I mean, you know, less, less bullying, less visits to the principal's office, less disciplinary action because of behaviors, it sounds like. And I mean, it sounds like there's a direct, I mean, but by what you're saying, there is a direct correlation with providing healthy meals and reducing such behaviors that kids might exhibit when they aren't eating. Certainly. And you got to think, you know, um, I'm not a nutritionist uh, or a dietitian, um, but I do know at, when you're five years old, you know, your brain is still molding. You're still understanding rules and regulations and policies and how to be a good friend. Right. And, and food helps. It certainly helps, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's that basic need. You know, you really can't 
you know, advanced as an individual through society and, and as, a, as a player in this, you know, global world that we live in, um, unless you're actually being fed, it's, you know, food, shelter, like, come on, you know, it's, it's, it's up there, number one. Right, and you, just, and you just said it, Joel, it's a basic need. It's a base, food is a basic need and these children aren't getting it. You know, I, and, and I don't want to be, uh, to portray that there's a big job to do because there's a lot of success, but there is such a need. You know, we can celebrate the 250,000 children. We can celebrate the 1800 programs that we're running each and every morning. So let's do that, but let's also understand we still have to do some work here. And it takes all of us um, to help. It takes all of your listeners. It takes me, it takes you. It takes any like-minded individual, and I'll say it again, who doesn't believe there should be hunger at school for these kids. Man, that's incredible. I wanna get back to that in a moment too, because I did have a question about, I mean, it sounds like you've had, you know, as unfortunate as it is that you're required to do this, um, but it sounds like you've had great opportunities to go through and visit some of these, again, rural communities, um, work with some of the players there and everything. Do you ever get, this might be a difficult question, do you ever get any pushback? Um, pushback, the only, you know, what's, it's, what's, it's really, really sad when some of the pushback we get starts to blame mom and dad or start to blame just dad or starts to blame just mom because we have no idea with what they've gone through. We have no idea what they've faced in their life. And when there's a six-year-old asking for a piece of fruit, a glass of milk, and a piece of bread, I'm not too concerned about what's going on at home at that point in time. Sure, we understand that there could be issues at home, but that's not for us to decide. We have to offer a safe and secure and inclusive, a universal place for these kids to come. That's a warm, healthy environment and have that start to their day. I love that, man. Just not focus on the past, not focus on how they got there, focus on getting, the nutri get getting them the nutrition and continuing in that way moving forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very cool. What is, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously you've come so far from serving 35 kids to, you know, 250,000 per day. What is, what's the mission? What's, what's the goal for the Breakfast Club of Canada in the next five, 10 years from now? We want to ensure that every single child in Canada who needs a healthy meal gets it. Wow. And we work with some, my colleagues are, are some amazing people. We, you know, Breakfast Club of Canada, we are a fully structured organization from IT, from human resources, from a program staff, from, um, from myself as a fundraiser to our, our operations team. We need to inject funds into our own structure because if we have a strong structure, our impact will be more out in the field. So what I'm trying to say is that we have to spend money to raise more money. We have to spend money to impact more children every single school year. So talking about money, where does that money typically come from? Is it organizations? Is it businesses? Is it personal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we are around 90% uh, funded by the corporate community. Uh, we also have, we're also uh, soon to be launching an, an individual campaign where we want to contact individuals who have the capacity to give. But right now, we've seen success in the, cor the corporate world. Uh, we're starting to see more success with the government, uh, with foundations, um, with individual wealth. 
Uh, but right now we, we are focused um, on ensuring that there are many platforms where we are able to raise money. Um, I work closely, as mentioned, with the resource sector because they, 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 they want to um, impact areas where we mutually operate. So that takes me to some very urban flying communities where, again, where I've seen the need is so high. Interesting. And so um, if anyone were to want to get involved, want to contribute to this, what could they do and where could they go to help out? Yeah, no, thank you for asking that question. So uh, there, there are multiple ways, uh, you know, of, of course, we can talk about a monetary donation, a monthly donation. But besides that, um, you, you first and foremost, you can talk about the issue that there is child hunger, hunger happening right now in the world. You can you can host an online fundraiser, engage with your peers. Um, we always have um, online auctions. If you have, you know, an autographed baseball under your bed, if it was signed by Joel, it probably wouldn't go for too much. But <laughs> but there, but to continue, you can connect with us on our social on our social networks. Um, you know, we're on Instagram. We want to interact with you. We want to hear from you. Um, you know, we have many ways where you can get involved. You can call me anytime. You can email me. There, there, when the world heals, there will be volunteer opportunities. I, 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 I'm pretty close to guaranteeing you within about 15 or 20 minutes, there will be a school that is in need of your help to serve breakfast. And, and I will say this as well, for the corporations, if you need to be at your office at 8 a.m. or 8.30 a.m., you can volunteer from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. for one hour, and you can feed a child that is in need for one hour. How else would you want to start your day other than feeding a child in need? Man, talk about um, giving and um, you know the fulfillment that one gets out of that. I think that ties in really, really well. And just to speak to something you said earlier as well, um, I do have a home run baseball signed by myself from my first <laughs> home run that I hit when I was like 11. And I think that probably could fetch about 15 to $18, depending on the buyer. All right. <laughs> No, thank you for that. And, and I like what you said, too, about, you know, not only can you donate your time, you know, or actual hard money, um, also just the act of, of having the discussion with your peers, spreading awareness, um, and just keeping the conversation going, that can also help to perpetuate this help, this giving that is required of these children. And, and, and yeah, and even to, even to further that, $3, three loonies feeds a child a breakfast tomorrow. You know, the price of half of your latte feeds a child breakfast tomorrow. Uh, and that goes a long way for people. I mean, if everyone, if every, you know, Canadian donated $3, wow, we, we'd, we'd be on our way. So um, I just want to let people know that there are many, many ways to help. And um, we want to hear from you. We want to know, we want to know that you believe in us. That's awesome, man. And that really puts things into perspective, you know, doing the comparison with a cup of coffee or a muffin or a latte or something like that. I mean, I think, you know, so many people out there might not know where to start with respect to donating, donating, whether it be money or time and, you know, having that comparison about how how easy it is to make a big difference in an individual's life. I think that will resonate a lot with the people out there listening right now. So Ben, in terms of where, where can people go? What, what can people do to find out more information on the Breakfast Club of Canada? 
Yeah, so uh, visit. So we we are we we have a very strong online present. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have a YouTube channel right now. Uh, we also have a very comprehensive website to really understand how how our programs work. Um, and on that note, um, our programs are very comprehensive in the fact that when P when schools apply for funding, we do our due diligence to ensure that they are in need of a program. They are serving breakfast five days a week. Uh, we can't, what we don't want to do is have our programs and our children get used to going to the breakfast program and then one day it not be there, or one, or, or 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 one year it may not be there. So. We really want to make our program sustainable. We really want to open up more programs. It's, an, it's alarming how many programs have applied for funding that we haven't been able to reach. They're on what we call our wait list. So uh, there's multiple reasons why we haven't reached them, primarily because the sufficient funding isn't there or industry isn't present in the community where the school is and we haven't been able to leverage assets in those communities. Mm, okay. That's that's good information, Ben. And, and I mean, you mentioned website, you know, YouTube channel. What's the what's the website? And I can put it into the show notes. Uh, so it's www.breakfastclubcanada.org. Breakfastclubcanada.org. Breakfastclubcanada.org. I will put that into the show notes. And you did mention that you might be willing to have people actually reach out to you directly if they did want more information. Do you have a contact that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, uh, our, our main office, uh, 604-685-2220. And always, always happy to hear from us. I, I really hope if you're thinking about calling, please do. Please do. If you're, please, please call us. We're always open to hearing more we're always open to hearing from you, from any, from ways you can help. Perhaps you know someone in one of the communities that wanna wants to apply for a school. Happy to um, happy to hear from you and any thoughts you may have to help uh, help these kids out because they because they certainly need it. Ben, that's awesome. Thanks so much. That was, uh, man, that was a very engaging conversation. Again, I will put that contact information into the show notes. Great statistics. Um, you know, again, Breakfast Club has come a long way, but it sounds like there is a, a lot more work to do. And it ties in really, really well with, you know, what the goal of this podcast is. And that's just promoting healthy behaviors and what better way to promote healthy behaviors than to ensure that these children have a nutritious meal every day before they go to school. So Ben, again, thanks so much for your information and for your wisdom. I really, really enjoyed it. And Joel, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, uh, you know, not just us uh, today on a professional level, but uh, great friendship. Uh, all started with uh, beer league softball, which I guess isn't the most nutritious uh, item, but uh, <laughs> today but today we are talking about nutrition the, the need for nutrition with these kids. So. Um, think of the kids, think of Breakfast Club of Canada, and thanks everyone for listening today. Perfect. Thanks so much, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. All right. There you have it, folks. Ben Numer really enjoyed that episode. I will be sure to link all of the information for Ben and the Breakfast Club of Canada in the show notes and incredible statistics out there. I really, really like that story about him witnessing a little girl eat a strawberry for the first time. That really, really melts my heart. So have a look at the website, Breakfast Club of Canada. 
if you are able to donate, again, just the price of a cup of coffee each morning goes so, so far in ensuring that these young Canadians have a healthy breakfast to start their days. And join us in a few weeks' time. I will be sitting down with Laura Burns. Laura is a coach, a podcaster. She is a stretching instructor. She has a really incredible story about how she came to be and how she came to embody all of those all of those different aspects about herself, all of those different professions. Um, so really, really looking forward to sitting down with Laura. Until then, enjoy the weather. Ladies and gentlemen, springtime is upon us. Stay happy, stay healthy. Take care, folks.